Welcome to 721 Live. Thanks for listening to the show today. I'm Sam Hunter, and I'm, I'm so glad you're with us today. I've got a great show today for you. I've got my friend Irv Philpott in the, in the studio with us. It's Friday. I love Fridays. Don't you love Fridays? Can I get you just to slow down a minute and, and just listen for what God is going to say, maybe through us, maybe directly into your heart. But if you're driving down the road or you're listening online, I know there are distractions. I know there are things that are fighting to get your attention. Can I get you just to block those out and slow down a minute and just listen? We've got my friend Irv Philpott back in the studio. We was, he was with us last Friday. He's a great friend, a dear, dear brother in Christ, board member for 721. Thanks for coming back, Irv. Glad to be back. I'm so glad to have you here. Now, last week, I want to get right into the show. Last week, we talked about how the Lord turned the light on in your life. Five years ago? Right. Five years and seven months. And seven months. At the age of? Forty. Okay. And, and that would come as a shock to a lot of people that you might... Would you say you were a Christian before then? Um, I think a lot of people would say that. You would have. Would you have said it before? Um, I think... Oh, yes. If you'd have asked me that question, mm-hmm. Sure. Sure, I'd have answered it like that. Like, what, 95 or what percentage do we say, particularly in the South? Yeah, in the know? South. Sure. I'm a Christian because I go to a Christian church. Absolutely. I, I, don't, uh, I don't go to a Buddhist temple, and I don't, I'm not Muslim, and I'm, I'm not Jewish. I'm a Christian by default, aren't I? Isn't everybody? By default. That's by default. Right. And, and, and yet God turned the light on, and, we, and it was such a, a fun story to talk about last, last week. And we talked about, you know, one of the keys to salvation is seeing your sinful condition. Now, you weren't a bad person. You weren't out breaking the law and beating up your wife or cheating on your taxes or cheating your clients. No, I, th- I think that, as we said last week, there are many people that would have walked up and from the outside looked at me and said, that, that's a very virtuous virtuous guy living a virtuous life. And, you know, we, you know, you and I deal with all kinds of different men and, and women, too, and, and that can actually be such a handicap. If you're living a, such a good life, you have a hard time seeing your need for a Savior. That's right. So, you know, we, we, we can say we're drowning in a sea of goodness. Mm. Mm. And, and it makes it hard to say, you know what, I am a sinner, and I have missed it, and I need a Savior. Because so many people would say, well, okay, well, I mean, yeah, a Savior, but I really just need a little polishing up. That's right. That's right. I think in, in, in the five and a half or five years, seven months that we've been doing ministry since then, that's the two extremes we see, is that they either say, I'm just so bad you know, I I I, I got to clean up. I got to clean up first. Or the 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 where I was, I think, is that I just need a little polishing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. nothing wholesale. We don't need to get dramatic. You guys are being a little too emotional about this. Everything's okay. That's right. Let's don't go too far. Let's don't go too far with this. Yes. Okay. Or all right. You you were last last week we talked about how God turned the light on your life. This week we're going to talk about what it's what what it's like now as a believer to be a husband to your wife. Now. And then next week we'll talk about parenting seven children that y'all, you and Paula have, all lovely children, wonderful children, dear friends of mine. When it comes to marriage, what kind of husband were you before God turned the light on in your life? Right. I, again, I think the same sort of situation that people looking from the outside would have said, you know, that, that guy's a pretty good husband. You know, he's, he's still there. He's mm-hmm. pitching. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Gosh, he, sometimes he holds his wife's hand in public. Uh-huh. Imagine, you know, that. imagine that. And, uh, you know, that, that he tries to provide well. He's a good provider. He brings, brings, in, the, brings in the paycheck, mm-hmm. and uh, he's not out running around. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be the picture from the outside. Now, what did love mean to you then? Well, that's, that's where it starts turning a little bit darker in that I think I was definitely— I had bought the lie of this world that says love means you make me feel so good about me. 
So as long as my precious wife was making me feel good about me, we were, we were good. Yeah. But uh, when, when it wasn't that way, uh, you know, the selfishness would come in and uh, did a lot of things that I was, did, did, was not proud of. You know, if we could, if we could get your precious Paula on, on, with us in the studio, what do you think she might say would be the biggest difference that she sees before and after? I, th- I think the biggest thing would be, uh, would be consistency. You know, that, that, uh, that uh, not the massive highs and lows of, again, not getting my way and, and, and pouting, you know, and having the, the little temper tantrums that we tend sometimes to do, that, that I stay consistent because I understand now that, 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 that's not, that the def- definition of love that I gave you earlier is way off base. Not even close. Not even close. You know, Irv, we, we have so many men that say to us at, at different times, you know, I, I want to do better, but I just can't get a hold of my temper. Or I, I snap at my wife, or I snap at my children, and, and I want to do better, and I'm going to try to do better. And, you know, the, the real answer is, well, you'll, get a, you'll make a little progress by self-discipline in that area. You'll make a little progress, but really your heart has to be transformed. That's right. As we said earlier, it's about surrender. Yeah, It's about realizing, again, and we've talked about this oftentimes, and I think it really goes back to, again, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, where God defines love mm-hmm. through the Apostle Paul. That, and, and I've sort of came up with this working definition from that scripture that love is a choice, sometimes accompanied by emotion, that leads to action on behalf of its object. Mm-hmm. That when you realize, uh, uh, as Toby Mac sings, uh, love is a verb, mm-hmm. it's something that you do. Mm-hmm. Not what you feel. That's exactly right. It's not always going to be accompanied by emotion, but it's a choice that you make because your your heavenly Father is, is commanding that in Ephesians chapter five. Mm. All right, now surrender. You know, we talk about surrender so often, and what a key that is. You don't accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You don't commit to Jesus. Hopefully, you will as you move along in your journey, but you surrender to Him. And Oswald Chambers is, constantly reminds us that we have to surrender our claim to our right to ourselves. That's got to be a key to how you deal with your wife. Absolutely, absolutely. I think, and you know, we were starting to talk a little bit uh, about the differences now versus before Mm -hmm. that, you know, that that needs to be worked out in the morning. Mm -hmm. Uh, As Jesus models for us, that quiet time in the morning when you put on the full armor of God, that when you get up and you say, I give up my right, my claim to my right to myself, you got, you got to drive that stake each morning mm-hmm. and, and be, to be ready for the day. All right, so now that, that's interesting that you would say that, Irv, because I was get, just getting ready to say, tell me sort of how you walk through being a better husband now. And, and of course, we, everybody wants to throw out the disclaimer. I'm not perfect, and we know you're not perfect, but, but before you tell us any specific, specific details, you're really saying that the key to get started is that quiet time with the Lord, not necessarily a how to be a good husband book or let me let me tick through my list of ways I can be more self-disciplined and more loving, but your own quiet time in the morning. That's right. And, and, I, and I think it goes back to, as we spoke last week, that uh, that, that question that uh, Brother Clark Bynum asked and, and focused me in on what, what was I doing with my time? Was I, you know, what, and, and that's my prayer for those listening. What are you doing with your time? Are you spending your time? Are you killing time? Are you investing your time? And that first part of time in the morning is that quiet time with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, 
to walk through the day. You know, uh, I, I talk about, um, of course, as you say, Oswald Chambers. I, I do that devotion each morning, uh, read at least at least a chapter of Scripture, uh, and then pray through the day. Actually pray through what's going to happen that day, thinking about what might come up and thinking, yes, about what might come up with my precious wife that, you know, the old Irv might have uh, reacted or mm-hmm. overreacted mm-hmm. Uh, in fear mm-hmm. instead of responding in love. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you, you, you need to do that because if you wait until the heat of the battle, you, you're, you're, you've lost. You've lost. That's right. You're, you're fighting to try to get the high ground all day and you can't get it back. What would you say to the man that says, okay, that's all fine and dandy, but I don't have time for that? Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and again, if there's anything we could get across today, just start small. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I remember, and I thank so much uh, you, Brother Sam, that you encouraged me just to start with seven minutes. Because mm-hmm. I guarantee you, when I first started, I didn't think I had time either. Mm-hmm. And, and I started with seven minutes. And again, that was nothing more than reading that one little uh, Oswald Chambers devotion, doing one chapter and praying for about three minutes. Mm-hmm. And, and pretty soon, seven, I, I wanted way more than that. Yeah. You wanted way more. Absolutely. Well, not a duty. You wanted way more. Not a chore. And without that, then as, you, as we said, you're fighting to get the high ground back and you cannot get it back. You're, you're, you're trying to play football on an ice skating rink because you, you don't have the right cleats on. You don't have the right shoes on without that time in the morning with your Heavenly Father. Okay, specifically now to your marriage, what are some of the things that you try to make sure you incorporate into the time with your wife, into the way that you respond with her? What are some of the specifics? Well, I think, I think again, that um, I'd say the second piece of the puzzle after that quiet time with, your, with the Lord and, and, and sort of setting the tone for the day is to pick a time during the day to have what I call couch time. All right, what does couch time mean? Well, couch time means that I'm going to take some part of that day, preferably the first 15 minutes when I get home from work, and, 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 and let the kids know, set up to, so that they see that mom comes first, and she and I are going to sit down, and I'm going to first listen to her. Uh, uh, Clark, Brother Clark Bynum used to say, if you want to bless your wife, you need to listen to her. I don't mean looking at your watch or looking at the ceiling. I mean focusing in into her eyes. All right. Now, what, what do most men do when their wife starts telling them about the things that are bothering her or the things that aren't going right? Turn off. They turn off. Yeah. Or yeah. they try to fix it. Oh, yes. Oh, absolutely. And again, you, you, might even, um, you might even get to a point where now my wife will often say, Irv, I don't want you to fix this. I just want you to listen, which is such a blessing. Uh, if we'll let them, they'll tell us when they want us to fix it. Most of the time, they really just want, really, all of us really just want you to listen to Absolutely. Them. Absolutely. And I think in that couch time, you know, I want to specifically try to get, as you know, I try to get to, to four questions and I'll, I'll just ask, you know, what's going on mm-hmm. just to sort of check in with her. And then I ask her, you know, is there anything we need to talk about? Mm-hmm. And, and, and then w- when I get my strength up, my bravery up, then I'll go in and say, how am I doing as a husband? Mm. Oh, yeah. I don't want to know. I don't want to ask that question. Yeah, that, that takes some bravery, uh-huh. but that's where you need to go. And you need to ask her, uh, honey, do you feel loved? Mm-hmm. Do you feel loved? Because, again, love is defined by the recipient. Mm-hmm. So you need to know where she is. You need to have that kind of check-in with her. Um, and then you might, ask, you might ask her, and I often do, is there anything specific I could pray for you about uh, to lift you up in prayer? And then lastly, I always say, anything else? 
need, need to talk about just to make sure she didn't try to cover something up. Yeah, yeah. Now, you know, you touched on something there that, that I, I want to just jump on real quickly. You said love is defined by the recipient. In other words, you might say, oh, I love her. And look what I'm doing. I'm working hard for her. I'm showing that I love her by work, how hard I work. Absolutely. And that's one of the things that we talk about to our men oftentimes is knowing your wife's love language. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gary Chapman did a wonderful book on that. And, and my wife's love language is quality time and acts of service. Mm-hmm. And I know that. And so I try to make sure that I have bukus of time. You, you know, there are five love languages, and we won't go into it because you can get the book, and it's, it's just an outstanding book. And, but, but the bottom line is if you don't understand your wife or your children or your parents or whoever you love, it specifically we're now talking about our wives and our husbands, if you don't understand their love language, you will try to express love to them through your love language. And if, they, if that's not theirs, they won't feel it. They will not feel loved. How many times have we heard a woman say, I'm in a loveless marriage. I don't feel loved. And the husband goes, well, honey, look what I'm doing for you. I'm doing all this. I, was, I spent half the day cleaning out the garage for you. That, that's not what makes her feel loved if that's not her love language. That's right. All right. One other thing about you, you mentioned the couch time really coming before you actually would come in and, and play with your kids. We heard someone say that the greatest gift you can give to your children is to love their mama. Hmm. That's right. So you don't think that we need to build up our children's self-esteem by letting them come before we spend that 15 or 20 minutes or 30 minutes with our wives when we get home? Absolutely not. You, you need to make sure, and, and again, the kids will see this. They will see that, that you're putting uh, mom first, that your wife first, and that will make su- it'll give such a sense of security to them that you just can't imagine, hmm. uh, and that is key. And that's not the way we normally think of it. We think the security has to come from us giving it to them directly and maybe even by putting them as a priority or on equal status with our wives and our wives with our husbands too. Yet what really gives them that sense of security is to see their parents, not just there, but there together. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back for the second half of the show. We'll continue to talk about what it's like to be a believer and a husband. We'll be right back. Welcome back to 721 Live. We're in the second part of the show, and we're continuing on with our discussion with my friend and brother in Christ, Irv Philpott. I'm so glad you're in the studio with me, Irv. Glad to be back. It's so good to have you. We've been talking about Irv parent, uh, being a husband with his wife now that God has really turned the light on in his life. And we were, we were just sort of finishing up a discussion. Go back and tell us again how love is spelled to our wives. That's right. I, I think we, we talked earlier about that one of the big issues is that is what you're doing with your time. And I can tell you that uh, from personal experience, our wives and our children, but especially the wives, they spell love T-I-M-E. And that's what it requires, just lots and lots of time. And, and time when you're there, when you're there. Absolutely. It, it is not enough just to have a, be there. Uh, and we'll, I think we'll talk a little bit about that next week. But uh, you've got to be engaged, mm-hmm. not just involved, not just showing up, not phoning it in. Mm-hmm. You've got to be engaged. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and, and, you know th- this is going to hold true for men and women, but we see it so often with men that, that we just have to speak to it. When it comes to this issue of time, Andy Stanley has a great message, and he, I think he calls it cheating. But he, he makes this point. There is never enough time in any day to get everything done you need to get done. So as men— who gets the short end of the stick on that? 
Yes, sadly, it's upside down. I mean, the the world constantly tells you you got to spend more and more and more time in, in your career. Oh, we're almost proud of it. I work sixty hours a week. Sixty, seventy, eighty hours. You know, like absolutely. that's some trophy. Like it's a trophy. And again, that is clearly not God's priorities. Mm-hmm. As we said earlier, it's relationship with God through His Son Jesus Christ. That next relationship, the relationship with your wife, and then the relationship with those precious children that you have for just a short time to manage. But we will see, and we see it all the time, men who make a priority at work, they make a priority with their social involvements, and then because somebody's going to get gypped out because there's not enough time in the day, the wife and the children are the one left getting the short end of the deal. And what we see so often, and, we, and I mean, how many, how many times have we heard this and seen it? A man will, will, will call us or come see us and he'll go, I got served divorce papers today. I never saw it coming. Or I, I came home and my wife met me at the door with her suitcases packed. What did I do this week that made her so mad? That's right. And I think that that's one of the main messages uh, today and always for us is, is for men to figure out what is in the box. Mm. What's in the box? What do you mean by that? Well, what I mean by that is, is, and, and, and is, is looking at this situation, what is it that only you can impact? In other words, there's always somebody that can do that project mm-hmm. or, or that uh, project at, even at church or mm-hmm. that project with the school board but only you can impact your relationship with with Jesus Christ with your wife and with the children that's what's in the box everything else is negotiable mm-hmm. but those three non-negotiable got to be a priority absolutely and you know on our website 721 ministries.org we have a thing called the putting green which is sort of a recap of what we talk about on the radio show what we talk about during the men's lunches during the week and it comes from jack nicholas do you remember that story oh so so well and and, and, it, and it fits so well into this thought process that trying to, to to get men to realize the fact that they've been flying upside down so long mm-hmm. they don't even know what's right side mm-hmm. up and that with Jack Nicholas, they ask him, you know, Jack, how is it that you've won 20 major tournaments where the next closest at that time, this is pre-Tiger, was, was six? Mm. And, and, and they said, what was the key? And, and Nicholas looked at him and said, well, what I realized is, is that I could not be at the highest level of concentration all 72 holes of the tournament. So when I was teeing off, I was, I was there, I was focused, but I, I raised that level of concentration as I got in the fairway. But then when I approached the green, mm. the putting surface, mm. that's when I turned up the volume to the highest level of focus. Mm. So what we try to tell the men is, is that when you start driving home, when you're headed to home, that's when you're approaching the putting green. Mm. And don't ever forget that. That's where you got to turn up the volume. You don't go home and turn off. Right. You turn up. Which most men go, I'm through with the day. I'm drained. I'm just walking in the door. Everybody... Everybody help me relax and feel good about myself. And, and, and instead, what's really important are those children and that wife. And, or if you're a, a working mom or anyway, you're coming back into the house, that's where the priority is. That's right. And I think, you know, one vivid uh, picture of that that we've talked about many, many times is, is that on that great day when, when you're there with your Heavenly Father, as Brother Sam says, you know, we say we're going to be asking a lot of questions. We're not going to be asking many questions. Mm-hmm. The questions to us, I believe, will be, first, what did you do with my son, Jesus Christ? Mm-hmm. What did you do with that relationship? Mm-hmm. Then it'll be, how did you handle that daughter, that precious daughter, your wife of yours that I gave to you? Mm-hmm. 
And then what did you do with those precious children mm. that, 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 that I gave you to manage for a short time? Mm. I think those are the questions that are going to be asked. Mm. And, and, and let me say this because, you know, our, our focus is typically men. We're men and we deal with men. Our ministry is a men's ministry. But if, if you're a, a lady, a woman, and you're listening, don't think that you're exempt from this. Don't think that, that, that this only applies to us men because you, everyone has a tendency to get over busy. And everyone has a tendency to get their priorities out of order. And these can be really good priorities. You can be involved as a soccer mom. You can be involved at church. You can have the Bible studies. All good things. You can you can just have so many. You just tick it down. You can be on what this board and that board and be a member of this group. And 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 suddenly your children really aren't getting you. That's right. I, I, and I would add one thing to that that I think is so critical is that again, as we 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 line these things up, relationship with Jesus Christ is number one mm-hmm. and off the planet. Mm-hmm. But once you get to the to the planet, to earth, mm-hmm. where you are is the relationship is husband-wife. Yeah. And as you say, it's the same for the wife. Our dear friend, uh, friend Pastor Det Bowers, uh, does a little test sometimes where he tells the ladies to take a red pen. And for the week, every time they speak of their child, to p- put a mark on the left hand. Uh-huh. But then for the, for the week, on the right hand, to take a blue pen and make a mark every time they thought about or spoke about their husband. Mm-hmm. And his challenge is, is that, watch next week the, the left hand for the children is going to be covered up yeah so that's that's an important thing to remember for the ladies is is that relationship with the husband is first yeah. the same way for the husband that the relationship yeah. with the wife is first yeah and you know if you're not married and you're listening to this you know again don't tune it out this is you know god's going to bring god in all likelihood is going to bring that into your life and if you've just tuned this out now and you're not listening to what god is telling you are your priorities him first him first, first, first. But then when he brings those loved ones into your life, they become that priority. Not the world, not what the world will tell you. Okay, let's come back before we run out of time. What does it look like specifically to love your wife? What does it look like to be that 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 husband that God would want you to be? Yeah, I, I think, again, what we want to think about is, is, again, from Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 in particularly, God says, husbands, love your wives. Uh, he also tells us in First Peter chapter three verse seven to make a study of them, mm-hmm. to to be thinking about them and about their ways, and particularly to be considerate of them. Mm-hmm. And I think that one thing we miss as men is is that we are our wives' number one encourager, our number one encourager. Mm-hmm. When she sees you coming, she ought to think, "Here comes my encourager. Mm-hmm. Here comes here comes the one who's going to speak love and kindness into my life." I think what can often happen is a story we talk about many times that uh, Brother Randy McCright told us is that as a, as a contractor, he noticed many times ladies were real bubbly in the morning, 9, 10, 11, 12, and that as 5 o'clock approached, as the husband was starting to come home, they sort of took a nosedive. Mm. And I think in that picture we see that we as men miss it as to how judged our wives feel just to be in our presence. Yeah, we, we can't understand that. We really cannot. And I think that in that regard, we've got to turn that around and understand that we need to bless our wives. Mm-hmm. We need to, to go out of our way and train our minds. You know, you know simple things like a flower, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you know uh, uh, or a love note, mm-hmm. just, a, just, a, just a brief thing, mm-hmm. and then constantly speaking kindness and love into them. And again, being very careful about any kidding we might do. Yeah, you know, you just really, you cannot do that. You cannot kid at your wife or your children's expense. Even if you think it's lighthearted, you just can't do it. Now, let, let's do make this comment. 
it, wives, husbands, really our, our primary encourager, we would want it to be through our relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's real. But we are also humans. And so when it comes to this earth, we are to be our wives' primary encouragers. And men need that back from their wives. Absolutely. Now, you know, um, we, we, we got this other test that you and I, it's not a test, but, but we, we, can, we can tell almost right off the bat whether you are treating your wife properly, whether she feels encouraged when she walks into the room, does she? Does she glow? Does she glow? That's, that's our question. That, that's the bottom line is, is when, you, when you see your wife, when, you, when you're around her, and when others see her, does she glow? Now, there, there are maybe other reasons, health issues and whatnot that may play in, but mostly it comes back to us husbands. Mostly it comes back to the husband. Absolutely. Does she glow? And, and we don't even have to try to explain that to you. You know what it means. Does she glow? And does she feel treasured by you? We'll have you back in the next show. We'll talk about children each week. We publish on our website, 721ministry.org, a recap of this. So long. God's peace to you. We hope to see you next Friday.